you know how it is nowadays. You're just a football player in everybody's eyes. That's why Uninterrupted is such a great platform, because we're all more than athletes. People need to understand that. From Uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the grind of the season. I'm your host, Nate Burles. Now, you've probably seen me on TV talking football. In case you didn't know, though, I played wide receiver in the NFL for more than a decade, and I had my fair share of interviews. But back in my day, when I was catching touchdowns, Uninterrupted didn't exist. That means guys like me needed the media to share our thoughts as players and as people. But that's all changed. Athletes now can keep it all the way real. And we do it right here with the top players in the NFL on 17 weeks. By now, you know who I'm rocking with. In Jacksonville, we got Jalen Ramsey. The star corner remains out due to injury, but it's Jalen's moves off the field that has people talking. We caught dinner. Deshaun's always been one of my homies. We kind of got a family bond. Out to NYC, we've got Le'Veon Bell. Now his Jets still have yet to grab a dub. But on this episode, Le'Veon reveals his post-game ritual after a loss. When I get home, I'll play the team that we just lost to and I'll beat them the mat. <laughs> Lastly, it's Cole Beasley up in Buffalo. The 4 and one Bills are underrated. And Cole, yeah, he's used to this feeling during his NFL career. You can call it little man syndrome or whatever you want to call it, but there's this edge about guys like me that we have to have or we carry because of the doubt. The guys also reveal their early season MVP, game day routines, and what it's like to play an NFL game across the pond in London. Plus, as always, I'll throw in a story or two of what I did during my playing days. We got it all right here, baby. This is 17 Weeks. Quick time out. 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can also listen on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. 17 Weeks is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Whenever you listen, though, be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, and share the show on social media, fam. All right, let's get to the show. We begin in Buffalo, where Cole Beasley's Bills are on a roll. With a Week 5 victory over the Tennessee Titans, the Bills are now 4-1. Same record as the Chiefs, I'm just saying. Listen, it wasn't a high-scoring affair, but Cole and the Bills are riding high going into their bye. And Cole's excited about a Buffalo locker room favorite, rookie Duke Williams, who shined in his NFL debut. I think Duke's been a guy on our team that everybody wanted to be up on the roster from the get-go. He kind of brought a different dynamic to our wideout group. Um, he'll get physical in there in the trenches blocking. He's kind of a enforcer type dude. He's a real dog, and that's that's the type of players you want with you on the field. McDermott would always bring guys up to kind of tell their story, all the new guys that came to the team, and his story is incredible. Um, the, the things that he had to go through to get to this point, played a little bit in Canada, got in trouble in college uh, with some stuff, and just to finally end up, you know, where he is now and, and finally getting that opportunity and really coming through. You know, so many guys were so happy for him, and I know I was. And, you know, he, he's a guy that everybody wants to see succeed. So um, it was awesome in his first game to get that touchdown. And, you know, I think everybody kind of knew he was going to get that touchdown. I mean, you know, just leading up to it, we knew we knew that Dayball was going to give him a chance. And, you know, he's a guy that can be big for us in the red zone, and he came through and he proved it. It's clear they're having fun up in Buffalo right now, and apparently every wide receiver has a nickname. True. Shout out to John Smokey Brown. Hey, Cole, what's your nickname? 
They actually, okay, so I do have a nickname on the team, and it's, like some people, like some people on the team thought it was self-proclaimed, like I named myself this, but that didn't happen, all right? So I'm going to tell you the story of the nickname. The nickname's Water, right? They call me Water. So when I first got here, I got surgery, and everybody else is practicing. I'm not, I'm, I'm in the training room. I basically live in the training room. This is OTAs and everything, but they have this little basketball hoop that's posted on the wall, so... You know, some people shoot, they say wet or whatever like that. So I'm in there shooting. I'm just yelling out, water! So I yelled that every day and I'm in there. I'm a very energetic guy when I'm when I'm uh, at the facility. It's kind of like, um, I don't know if it's energy to bring juice to everybody else or it's energy to bring juice to myself, but um, I get very energetic once I get to work and I'm just, I'm, I'm here hobbling around because I got surgery, but you're shooting, yelling out water and and everybody, when people saw me, they would start kind of yelling it out too. So um, even the uh, the head coach, McDermott, calls me water. I don't know. It's kind of the nickname that had been given to me. And it was just for me shooting hoops and yelling out water while I'm shooting. <laughs> Let's head to New York and check in on our star running back, Le'Veon Bell and Gang Green. The good news is starting quarterback Sam Darnold will be back in week six. The bad news is... Jets remain winless after a week five loss in Philly. Our guy Le'Veon Bell, though, he's staying defiant in the face of adversity. If I'm being brutally honest, and people watching the Jets, everybody gonna point at the offense. It's the offense's problem right now. Like, okay, the offense is struggling terribly. I, I don't care what nobody say. This defense is a special defense, and those guys been playing playing their tails out, lights out, like literally. Like I've been watching them, and I'm excited for them every time they take the field because it's like. I like watching them play, and those guys play with a lot of pride and integrity and energy and passion. And when I watch it, it makes me want to go out there and play that same way. So if I go out there in the offense and we go out there and go three and out, that's devastating to me. Like, that hurts because it's like I, we didn't help them at all, and those guys are putting everything on the field. But everybody in the offense got to kind of look at themselves in the mirror and understand that it's the, that was the first quarter of the season. I always kind of look at it like how many quarters is in the game, right? It's four quarters in the game. It's the same way with NFL season. It's four quarters in the NFL season. We just finished the first quarter, 0-4. We still got three quarters left. And it's not about how you start the game off. It's about how you finish the game. On to Jacksonville, where our lockdown corner Jalen Ramsey was inactive for the second straight week. The Jags lost to the Carolina Panthers in a game that came down to the final seconds. Final seconds that Jalen actually didn't watch. Here's why. So actually, I didn't even really get to catch much of the game. I maybe caught the first quarter, uh, and that was about it, just because the Jags sent me to Houston to see a uh, so-called back specialist. So I had to go catch a flight, and that was right during the middle of the game. So I only got to see really the first quarter. Then I had to run to the airport and catch my flight. And uh, when I landed, the game was already over. So I would be lying if I even said anything about it, really. I mean, with back tightness, I'm sure a lot of guys have back tightness, but when you start to get back spasms and it starts to lock up on you, and even sometimes feels like a, I guess, a stinger or a tingling sensation in your back, then that's when you have to be super careful with it and cautious, you know, rehab it and recover it as best as you can. So that's really the the phase that I'm in right now is managing, trying to manage the, the spasms and it locking up on me and uh, having that tingly sensation can lock up on me at any given time. And I guard number one receivers. Um, I have a big task week in and week out. My body got to feel good. I got to feel fully comfortable and ready to go out there and perform at an elite level. Again, I'm, I'm not into putting bad film out there. 
Now, typically, Jalen goes viral for his big plays, but due to his back injury and the still standing trade request, it was a post game photo with Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans that had NFL Twitter buzzing after week five. What was that all about, you ask? Well, we'll let Jalen tell us. The truth of the picture and what happened was uh, uh, the Jags sent me to Houston on Sunday, checked into my hotel room. Then my agent had told me that he was going to be in town watching Deshaun. Uh, he represents Deshaun as well. And so we uh, we caught dinner. That was, I mean, that was it. We caught dinner. Uh, Deshaun's always been one of, one of my homies. You know, we kind of we got a family bond, a family atmosphere with all the guys who David represents. That's the kind of culture that he's built with all of his clients. So they hit me up, wanted to catch a quick dinner. We went, caught a quick dinner, ate some wings, some fries, and... I mess with him about uh, how he's, you know, getting famous for breaking down these defenses week in and week out. I mess with him about that for a little bit. We talked about the new Joker movie that just came out. Um, none of us have got to catch it yet. We talked about cars. Uh, he he got some whips in, in his collection. I got some whips in my collection. So we talked about cars a little bit. Uh, we talked about Halloween coming up. Uh, that's one of everybody's favorite holidays. A lot of candy. Yeah, I know he going to have a little party or something, a Halloween party. And I usually, every year in Jacksonville, I usually throw a Halloween party too. Um, don't know if I will this year. Got a lot going on. But, I mean, we just had regular, really, truly regular conversations, uh, just like I'm sure anybody else would have with their with they friends at a, at a dinner table. I don't know what the media wanted, to, wanted me to be doing. I guess uh, they wanted me cooped up in the hotel room, strictly just being, hey, you're a football player. You're on a, a division rival team. You can't hang out with Deshaun. You can't uh, go to Houston. You can't do this. I guess people wanted me to stay in Jacksonville, not get, go get my back checked out and not hang out with Deshaun. You know how, how it is nowadays. Nobody thinks you can be uh, a regular human being. Nobody thinks you can have friends. You're just a football player in everybody's eyes. Uh, that's why Uninterrupted is such a great platform because we're all more than an athlete and people need to understand that and realize that. That likely won't end the conspiracy theories about him getting traded, but I appreciate Jalen giving 17 weeks the inside scoop. Anyway, while Jalen was in Houston getting his back looked at and hanging out with one potential MVP candidate in Deshaun, the Jags had their hands full with another early season MVP frontrunner, Christian McCaffrey. First and goal from the five. Give to McCaffrey. With 237 in total yards, three TDs, and that crazy up, up, and away leap into the end zone, Christian McCaffrey impressed a lot of fans, analysts, and players. But our guy Lev Bell, he's been down with CMC from the jump. I can just see, like, a running back. I can just see if, when, if they got it or not, you know? It was like him and Leonard Fournette, I think they was coming out at the same time. Leonard Fournette, is, he's a great running back, too. But, like, Christian McCaffrey was more, like, my style of runner just because of the fact that he, he kind of does everything. Like, he, he, he kind of reminded me, like, a maybe, like, a little smaller version of me, you know? Um, and he's white. That's the crazy part. So, it's like, you don't see running backs like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, like, is different. And that's why I was telling everybody. I'm like, bro, Christian McCaffrey, crazy. It's hard to, like, slow somebody down like that. He's, like, he done caught a rhythm. He, he done found that confidence in itself, and you can kind of see it. I, I seen a play where he, he caught like a, a flat route, like a diagonal to the boundary, and he like literally was so – he took his time and just made the dude miss so easy, got the first down, and got out of bounds. Like, 
that's it's like plays like that. You can just kind of see like he in his comfort zone. Like he not tripping about nothing. He knows when he when he gets the ball, he can do special things with it. And I've seen that coming. I've always, always seen that coming. Like I, I, I reached out to Christian McCaffrey when he was in college and I was in the NFL just because of the fact that I knew how special a player he was. I, I think I, I think I watched a game or something. Like I, I watched like a, a Stanford game or whatever, and I kind of tweeted. I tweeted, and I like added his name in it. And then he like tweeted back like I oh, appreciate it, bro. Boom, boom. And then in the DMs, we start talking or whatever. Now I got his number. Then we just been in contact ever since then. But I told him, like, you're a special player, bro. Don't let nobody tell you you're not. To be honest, <laughs> I don't think they trying to give running backs no MVP. Um, you got quarterbacks like, you know, Patrick Mahomes throwing 50 touchdowns with four interceptions. Just like they're not going to give a running back an MVP unless he running for 2,800 yards all purpose or something. You know, that's what I think. I think for a running back to an MVP – the number got to be somewhere like, I mean, it got to be about 2,600 plus, I think. You know, not just rushing, but like running and receiving. And I remember Chris Johnson had a year where he had like 2,500 on purpose, like Chris Johnson did. I think you need to go a little better than that season, plus you need about 15 touchdowns. If you have like 2,600 on purpose, about 15 touchdowns, regardless of what the quarterback does, I feel like that will get the runner to MVP just because of the fact that the, those numbers are crazy. Chris McCaffrey can do that then, yeah, I can see him win MVP. Or any runner that can do that, I, I can see him win MVP. But it's going to be hard to beat. That's like the MVP trophy is like kind of like for quarterbacks now, unless the, another position does something outrageous. Colin Buffalo agrees with Lev on McCaffrey, and he also dives into what it feels like being an underrated NFL player. Christian McCaffrey uh, is definitely an early MVP candidate. Just I haven't seen much of the games, but it seems like every time I turn SportsCenter on and see highlights, there's there's one of him doing something. And he's a player that I that I like a lot. We had joint practices with him during camp. Um, it was it was nice just to kind of talk to him and uh, meet him. He's a heck of a guy. Um, I like him because he can both he can run the ball and he can you know route you up out of the backfield. So very electric guy to have on your team, and he's very exciting to watch. Um, you know he's he's definitely my favorite at this point. You can call it little man syndrome or whatever you want to call it, but. Um, there's this edge about guys uh, like me that we that we have to have or we carry because of the doubt. That type of edge that I have from that and the fire and the, the wanting to prove people wrong, that got me in a lot of trouble on Twitter with with a lot of people early in my career. So um, I don't know. I think I think it's just this pride you have about, you know, people having their perception of what what they think you can do and the limitations that they set on you. And, you know, it just puts this fire in your belly that, that is hard to put out, man. And being super competitive my whole life, I wouldn't say that's the only reason I played, but it was a big part of why I do what I do and um, why I've done what I've done for so long in sports and just athletically is uh, it kind of just makes you angry. And then you, you, when you're going out there, you bring that anger with you on the field and, and uh, just kind of let loose a little bit. Let's just keep it real. Cole Beasley, Christian McCaffrey, Adam Thielen, guys like Jordy Nelson, they all suffer from what I like to call the Steve Largent syndrome. Now, if you're not familiar with Steve Largent, he was a wide receiver for the Seahawks, absolute legend, Hall of Famer. He was a beast. I'm a Seattle guy. I knew about him. He had respect on local level and a national level, but still he was a white receiver. And let's just keep it real. Being a wide receiver is like being a unicorn. That's like being a white DB, bro. Like, think about it. When was the last time you saw a white corner? So when you see a white skill player, I think nationally, they don't get the respect they deserve right out the gate. There's an assumption that, 
oh man, they're just hard workers and they got a good engine and you know what, you guys undersized, but he's coachable, he's coachable. You know, and I, and I hate that. I used to hate when people wouldn't give Jordy Nelson his credit. I used to hate when people wouldn't give Wes Welker his credit. Well, you know, he's a system guy. He's a good system guy. Like, bro, everybody's a system guy. We're all in systems. What are you talking about? So, like, when I see guys like Cole Beasley, Christian McCaffrey go off, I'm like, all right, can we remove color for a second and just give my dude his props? If somebody's cooking, they cooking. Like, if you walk into a restaurant and the food is good, you're not gonna assume the color of the person cooking. You're just gonna be like, yo, somebody cooking their ass off back there. Same thing on the football field. Just give people the respect they deserve. Big facts. In week five, football touchdown in London for the first of five NFL games on international soil this season. By the end of this year, check this out. Every single team except for the Green Bay Packers will have played a game outside the United States. In short, American football is now global. We global! A lot of NFL players have taken their talents across the border, especially to London, including all three of our guys. Let's hear what playing football on a soccer field is like, starting with Liv. My first game ever was in London. I'd have missed like the first three games of the season because um, I had a foot injury. So I kind of seen the process of like how NFL game works. Like, oh, this is how it looks. This is how it works. Boom, practice. Boom, we go to the end of the we go to the game. Boom, next week. Boom. When I got over there, it was like everything was like backwards. Right? It was like we was on the wrong side of the street. It was like the steering wheel was on the wrong side. I'm thinking like, oh, this is a little awkward, you know. Then when we get to the game, it's kind of like we was playing like in like a soccer stadium. I loved playing over there just because the fact that it literally felt different. And then when you was in a, another country, it's like you in another country, you still got all those fans over there. It was like amazing, and it felt really unbelievable. So not only was it my first game, but it was like I was out of the country playing my first NFL game, and I actually scored my first touchdown. We played against the Vikings, and I had a, a pretty good game for my first game. So um, that was a great experience for me, and I haven't been back since then. I didn't mind playing in London by the way I didn't mind playing there like the travel and things like that that didn't that didn't bother me I know a lot of people don't really like it and they feel like they should take it out I didn't I didn't it didn't bother me at all I like it I hope I have another game before I retire over there Jalen has played in London three times with the Jags and he loves it yeah playing in London is cool the atmosphere is is always dope the fans go crazy uh they cheering for everybody at not not a specific team it's a little tough at the beginning, just getting adjusted, trying to get your body adjusted. But after going over there year after year, I've kind of got used to it and I've uh, gotten a routine of, of knowing what to do. So uh, I think that's given me an advantage and I've played well over there each time I've been over there. The first time I went out to London, I was a rookie. So I was really just uh, leaning on the vets to show me what to do and show me the spots to go at. Now I'm I'm in a I'm in a groove going out there. I've even, I even go out there during the off season. I went out there for about a week uh, this past off season and enjoyed my time out there. So I think London is a dope place and I like going there. It's a it's a restaurant called the Sexy Fish that I really mess with. That's probably one of my favorite restaurants. Novikov is another restaurant that I like out there. And then the shopping out there is dope too. Uh, you got Harvey Nichols. You got I mean, all all designer stores, whatever type of designer stores you got, places to get nice hats, top hats, you know, the the England thing to do. I mean, it's just a lot to do out there, and I've kind of gotten in my groove of what to do and how to have fun and, and interact with some of the locals and eat some good food and 
do all that, just experience the whole culture. Lastly, I got Cole actually played the Jags in London back in 2014. But unlike Jalen, he felt some type of way about it. I had a terrible experience in London. <laughs> so my experience in London, we, we actually played against Jacksonville. Uh, I think that might have been before Ramsey got there. I think it was. So we went there for a whole week. I know coaches like to do their, their things, and uh, to they feel like they're protecting the team. They feel like they got to do what they have to do. But Thursday and Friday are the days we usually go out as, as you know, teammates and kind of hang out together, go out to team dinner. And, you know, when we went to London, we had a curfew every night, so we weren't really allowed to do the things that we normally did. So there were a lot of guys that kind of went anyway a little bit and uh, got in trouble for that. Then coaches were mad. Guys kind of came to meetings a little late, maybe. And we had a special teams walkthrough outside, and it was like raining. It was freezing in the morning. We hadn't been doing that before. We were doing it in the hotel. So we did that, and I ended up getting sick from that. I, or I don't know if it was from that, but I ended up getting sick, so I blamed it on that naturally. <laughs> but then we played in the game. I had one catch right before the half, fumbled. Um, that was the only target I had all game. And then after the game, uh, that's when a, a fan kind of came at me a little bit. Uh, I just had Ace, actually, the week before we went to London. So I had Ace, and then the next week I had to go to London. And then I ended up fumbling that play. The fan came out and said it looked like I dropped my baby on his head. So I went nuts. I told him to eat a d on Twitter. Uh and that kind of went viral a little bit, backfired. But then I ended up going home, and I was sick. So then when I get home, we won the game, though. That was the good thing. We did win the game, and we won it by a lot because Dez ended up going off. Um, and it was very eventful for him, too, but I'm not going to tell his business or his story. That's for, for you guys to ask him maybe one day. But I get home, and I'm I'm sick, So and I have a newborn. My wife's like, I don't want him to get sick. He's too young. He's too little, and... So she ended up going to her mom's when I got home. So for an extra week, I, I didn't really see him. It was, it was not a great experience for me when I went to London, and I did not enjoy it. Well, here's the thing. I never played in London. The game that I was actually going to go was when I was with the Lions and I got hurt. So I was frustrated because I wanted to go so, I was going to say so, so bad, bro, to play a football game on international soil. Like I was all geeked about it. But here's the thing, life works in mysterious ways. Now that I'm working for the NFL Network, I was able to travel to London last year. And it's funny because whatever I thought that London was gonna be as a player was 10 times doper as an analyst. Because people recognize me for what I did on the field, but they loved me for what I'm doing in studio. And I felt so much love out there. And on top of that, like I'm kind of an international man of mystery myself, being that I was born in Canada, and I love just leaving the country, bro, and seeing the seeing the sights of the world. So being in London was an unbelievable experience. I can't wait to go back. Love it or hate it, London games can throw an NFL player's routine all the way off. We as NFL players are creatures of habit. Let's hear from Lev, Cole, and Jalen how they get ready for a game. Usually on Saturdays, I'll make sure I watch my Michigan State Spartans play. We played Ohio State um, just this past Saturday. It didn't go the way we wanted it to go. After the game, I got me some food, laid down in the bed at like 10, 30, 11 p.m. Probably didn't fall asleep till maybe about midnight. I woke up at like 6 a.m. I took my morning walk, went down, had breakfast with my mom. 
Then it was time to come back and get ready to go to the stadium. We traveled over to the stadium. I always got my headphones on, just listening to music. And the type of music I listen to during this time, like all week leading up to the game, it's like calm music. So I listen to like R&B or soul. Summer Walker, she just dropped her album. So I was listening to her, like her album the whole time. I didn't listen to anything else but her album. My warm-up routine, I just kind of do the same thing every time. So I do my normal hot tub or you no know, sauna or something like that. Just get a little sweat going so I can stretch. Then I go on the field, do some running around, catching the ball, come back in, put my football equipment on. Once I get all that together, go out there with the team, we warm up. Then after the warm-ups, you know, we go back in. I put my headphones back on, you know, and then now it's time for me to listen to something to turn up to. So the baby, he had dropped his album like maybe a week or two ago. So I was listening to his album right before I went to hit the, like the little five minutes I got before I go out. Went out there um, and get ready for the game, you know, and then, you know, the national anthem starting. I always kind of stand on the 26-yard line. It's like something I always do. Um, just because I've been number, wearing number 26. But um, when the National Anthem comes, I, I sing the National Anthem with whoever's singing it. So post-game, I won't really be talking much. Um, even after a win, I don't really say much until I get to, to like the media and stuff. But like I don't really say much. After the game, I kind of wind down and, okay, I just finished the game. Let me just get my mind and my thoughts together. And the shower would be the worst part because it's like, all right, after the game, I have all these cuts and like bruises. So like when you first step in the shower and it's like burning, it's like the water kind of like burning your skin kind of. Then I do the media interviews. After the media interviews, it's time to go, you know, whatever travel we do. But we happen to be traveling this week. So the whole travel travel ride back, I was just kind of listening to, my, listening to my headphones, maybe talk about the game to my teammates a little bit. And then when I get home, I just play Call of Duty. <laughs> like, or like, or I play Madden and... The fact that we lost, I'll play the team that we just lost to and I'll beat them in Madden. <laughs> but that's what that's usually what I do. Gotta love Lev. Let's get cold in here. My routine is to do whatever needs to be done to get my body feeling in the best best way possible. Whether I had like maybe an ankle injury from the week before or something with my back or, you know, just these little nicks here and there that you get, you know, throughout a season. So as far as that goes, it kind of changes what time I go because there's like four different buses that we have. We'll have an early bus and there'll be like two buses that go in the middle and then there'll be a late bus. You know, different guys like to do different things. I'm usually a first bus guy, especially with all the stuff that I have to do to get just before I can even start warming up, you know, with the trainers and everything. Something new that I've been doing um, especially for these for these early games, I'm not used to having all early games. You know, I used to play for the Cowboys, so we would we would have a lot of primetime games and play at night. You know, now that I got all these one o'clock games, y'all get a really early one, probably around uh, seven six thirty or seven um, on game day. The new thing that I've added was was meditation. So I had surgery this off season, and after the surgery. They like have you go through these, these little, they show you how to rehab, how to get out of bed, you know, for my particular injury with my groin and stuff. They had me see this lady that took me through some meditation for a while. And it was like the, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. She kind of took me through this deal, had my feet on the, on this, like up on the wall with my butt up against the wall with my back on the ground. But she had like this little swing thing that was hanging on that, that wall where my feet were and it kind of held my butt off the ground a little bit. And I just laid like that and she was she was kind of talking us talking me through it the whole time. But after it was over, I felt more refreshed than ever in my life. It was it was like so eye-opening. So, I started trying to work that in um 
before my games and I, I found that it really helped me kind of kind of wake up and my body felt a little bit more refreshed than when I just had woken up. It was kind of something new that I added. All right, that's good stuff from Lev and Cole. Jalen's up next. Now, he's got to have something that's interesting about his pregame rituals. For me, given getting ready for the game is simple. I mean, I just wake up and throw my clothes on, get ready to go to the game. I don't, I don't think too much in anything, to be honest. I just have to feel good. And if I feel good, then I... I can I can play good in my mind, so I don't really have like any superstitions. I don't have any really really anything special that I do for game days. For whatever reason, I stopped listening to music before game. So Jalen's got nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. My man doesn't even listen to music anymore before the game. But hey, guess when you're nice like Jalen, your process can be whatever you want. Do you, player? It's time to wrap this episode with another edition of Quick Outs, part of the show where our guys share quick takes on off-the-field passions, hobbies, and whatever else makes them more than athletes. This week, we're talking pop culture as actress Sophie Turner, a.k.a. Sansa Stark for Game of Thrones, was at last week's London game. So that had me wondering, who on this show was about that Game of Thrones life? I don't know how I feel about the last season of Game of Thrones, but... Dude, I was like living for that that shit for a while. I, I couldn't wait till till Sunday, and I, that was like one of the things I looked forward to most was getting to watch Game of Thrones that night with my wife and seeing what happened next. Yeah, my favorite characters on the show were Jon Snow and Tyrion, and I did not like Joffrey at all. He was probably my least favorite. I just hated what they did to Jon Snow, man. I didn't like the way that ended. Everybody keep on telling me I need to get on Game of Thrones, but they like in, they just finished what, like season six or eight or something like that. I, I, I'm not about to catch up on all of that. I don't know. I, ne- I just never got into it, though. I'm not really into the medieval type type deal, honestly. Everybody I talk to say they watch Game of Thrones. I get on Twitter, everybody talking about Game of Thrones. I, I, I'm getting tired of hearing about Game of Thrones because I'm not going to watch it. Maybe I'm going to just start telling people I watched it just so they can leave me alone. All right, so, uh... Cool, that's a hard no from Jalen. I ain't mad at that. All right, one last thing, though. Let's go back to Lev and Cole, who both saw the highly anticipated movie, The Joker. The Joker was unbelievable. I seen it Thursday night when it came out, like the first, you know, premiere release. I went to go see it. Boom. All I kept thinking was, as it was going off, I kept thinking, like, man, I wish it was like a show. I wish it was like a Netflix show so I can just watch the next episode. Like, But it's not. It's like really like a movie. So we know we're going to have to wait a year or two at least minimum for the next movie to come out but right when I watched it and it was over I was just thinking that and then I was like I'm gonna go see it again tomorrow I made sure I did when I left practice I went and I went to see the Joker again so I already I've already seen it twice and I might go see it again that's how much I love that movie that movie was special like I, I think he played the Joker so well and I know it was like a lot to live up because of, of Ledger's Joker, you know, um, he's Ledger's Joker. His Joker was so spectacular. So I know this next Joker was going to be hard to live up to when he did it. In the last like three years, that was my that's my second favorite movie I, I went to go see. My favorite movie was uh, the Avengers Endgame. Now, I think that was the best like uh, like superhero Avenger type movie, like comic book type movie. That was my, my favorite one. And then it was his Joker right behind it. Like, those are my top two for sure. I actually just saw the Joker movie today. I, I enjoyed it. Excited to see that he didn't try to do anything that Heath Ledger really did. Um, 
you got to make it your own, man. If you try to do something that somebody else did, it doesn't work. And I thought he did a really good job um, with the character, and I enjoyed it, man. I thought it was pretty cool. I was really, I'm really hurt to this day that Tony Stark passed away, man. And it's like it's, I know it's not real, but for me, it was 100% real. <laughs> and like me and my wife can't even watch um, Endgame anymore. And just Spider-Man just being so butthurt, man, killed me. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of 17 Weeks as much as Le'Veon Bell enjoyed the Joker movie. Damn. I got to check that out. The show is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also now available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, which I know that you do, share the show. Spread the love. Take it all the way to London if you want to, fam. We global. I'm your host, Nate Brelson, a.k.a. Nate B, a.k.a. New Balance. Shout out to my co-hosts, Le'Veon Bell, Jalen Ramsey, and Cole Beasley. This show is produced by Gabe Goodwin, Ben Redman, Mike Midas, Matt Ford, and Paul Eidenmiller. Sound design and music by Steve Porter. Our executive producer is T.D. St. Matthew Daniel for Uninterrupted. Special shout out to, you know who? You. You to listen. And hit me up on Twitter, at Nate Burleson. And let me know that you heard this. And also, let me know what you want us to talk about. You feel me? Till next week, this is 17 Weeks. We out.